Yo, you listening? Are you tired of the same cloud-chasing gatekeepers, the same sports media, podcast, and radio with recycled takes and no context? That's where Touchdown's Kansas comes in. See, we're different. We give you culturally concise commentary, context for the culture, in-depth NFL analysis. So get ready and prepare yourself for the Kansas. What's up, people? Live from the Good News Studio out in Hawthorne, California. It's your favorite place for topical takes, context, and tangents for the culture. As always, to my right, in his big, bright red, Kool-Aid, Good News sweater, Kenneth Frank James Berry, a.k.a. KB. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, you like that ride of emotions on your intro, huh? I was, I'm gonna let that slander go because I have a <laughs> joke f- prepared just for you throughout the show, the entire show. And of course, to the left is is the great producer, the audio man. I thought you were gonna quote a Beyonce line because you kept saying to the left. The adopted Dodger fan, Eric. How you doing? I'm good, man. She's not a Padres fan. No, that's that's blasphemy. And of Pizza co- Padres fan. Blasphemy. Slam Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and to the far left, the lovely Izzy. How you doing? What's good? No good. no how intro needed. I'm don't, good. I'm good. good. Hanging in there. Don't ask her a question and trample over her answer. Come on now. Sorry. You can't say to the far left. Then that assume she's a part of some like weird political group. <laughs> Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> Ski mask season. Just non-fascist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we all deserve to like. Congrats to everybody for making it this week. It's a crazy fucking week. Like you never know what's gonna happen, and I'm pretty sure we all have a story about something that happened to us this week that was ridiculous. So kudos to us for making it here another week. Shout out to Good News Radio. Shout out to X Squad affiliates. Full press coverage. The Jamaican horns. Yeah, Jamaican DJ. <laughs> but yeah, man, we got a loaded show this week. There's a lot of content to go on. On top of the fact that we got a couple of friends calling in. We'll call them friend, not guest, because not only have they been here before, but truly our friends. So shout out to them. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think there's a great argument going on right now. So if you're not listening to that, probably rather watch that than the Giants and Eagles game. Oh, you mean? Us talking about how like the Vikings are totally going to tank. No, no, I was talking about the shitty debate. Yeah, the presidential debate. I just waiting for the fist fight to happen. I'm with it. I just want to hear just bleeps and just repetitive fu's. I mean, what was that movie? Robert De Niro was called The Grudge with Stallone as old people fighting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wow. I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go heat. Hmm. Well, you know. Hello, caller. Which name? Where are you calling from? This is Kevin with uh, 105.3 The Fan calling from uh, Dallas, Texas. Oh, boy. All right. Okay, Kev. Ke- Kevin out here big time <laughs> us now. You no longer Kevin from Clutch Talk. <laughs> I see it moving up in the world, man. Look, man, I, my bad. I'm a couple minutes late. I was editing some video and stuff, and 
getting ready to put my daughter down for for bed and whatnot. I was like, oh man, that's that's my bad for calling it a, a couple minutes late. You're all good, problem. family. We had technical difficulties anyway, so you are right yes. on time. Yeah. The universe works in okay. weird ways. Exactly. The Wi Fi okay. was on something else. Okay, okay. Well, glad to be with you guys, man. Touchdowns and tangents once again. How y'all doing? Good, good, man. Good. And what's Much better than your Cowboys? That's just... Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. (laughs) I mean, like, do you eat Whataburger and cry over it, wishing it was In-N-Out while watching the Cowboys? Does that mean... Does that, like... How does Um, that go? Never in life would I eat either one of those. (laughs) You don't don't have to worry about either one of those. Um, It's funny you say Whataburger because... Uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the star quarterback for the Chiefs, and lives in Texas and somehow was able to get Kansas City to franchise Whataburger in Kansas City. So Damn. Whataburger apparently is expanding from Texas to Missouri now because of Patrick Mahomes and his affinity for Whataburger ketchup. So, you know, yeah, there's ke- that. That's, ketchup, some, that's, that's some great context there. Thank ketchup you for that. on macaroni and cheese. You better be glad he's the greatest quarterback walking the earth. <laughs> that's something acceptable. Wait, no, 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 no. We put ketchup on hot dogs and hamburgers, not steak or mac and cheese. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. So, yeah, because I that that I guess he gets a pass for that. But like talking like a Muppet who sounds like a Muppet, yeah, it's he has like a Inception Muppet voice. It just makes me laugh every time I hear him talk. It's a very rich Kermit the Frog there. Like it's 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 like a it's like a well refined wine like it sounds like he's talking from the inside of like a grain silo with like really well, good if sound could, if I could have changed a Muppet voice for you know being 25 with a Super Bowl championship uh, league MVP Super Bowl MVP 500 million dollars in part ownership of the Royals I might I might take that trade <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take it too I'd become a Chiefs fan in a second what about the Raiders? <laughs> I'd sell out right. so fast. But, I mean, speaking of being paid and selling out and and great quarterbacks, how, is there any hope for the Cowboys with, with Dak out? Uh, my short answer is no. Uh, my shorter answer is no. Uh, Damn. Uh, it's. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 it's tough, man, because you lose your starting right and left tackle with Leo Collins and Tyrant Smith. Then you lose Leighton Vandress for a period of time. You lose your starting tight end in training camp, Blake Jarwin, with a, a torn ACL. Um, and this offensive line has been shuffled all over the place. And then on top of that, you lose your emotional and vocal and franchise leader in Dak Prescott. And he was the only reason why the Cowboys had won, you know, really the one game against Atlanta. And then, of course, you know, got them to the point where they were handling, you know, somewhat of their business against the Falcons. And Andy Dalton came in relief and was able to, to help pull the victory out. But, Dak Prescott was really the only reason why this team isn't zero and six because mm. technically that's what they what they should be. Um, and when you look at who they still have to play, they still have to play games against the Steelers, games against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They still have some really tough opponents left, 
And as bad as the NFC East is, I don't know if the Cowboys, as bad as they are, can win this NFC East, which is historically bad. So mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say it, I don't know if there's much hope for this team, given all of the problems that they have right now. Speaking of that, you know, we live in L.A., and obviously there's Cowboy fans all over, and there's a good portion of them here in L.A., but, you know, mm-hmm. going to social media, you know, I'm hearing all this slander about Zeke. And I'm just wondering, it only took two fumbles for Cowboy fans to be over Zeke. Now, you're in Texas. You got foot on the ground. You know, is that the, the sentiment there, too? Like, are, are Cowboys fans over one of the greatest running backs of this generation? Well, there's two schools of thought that run here in Texas when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott, and it goes all the way back to when he was drafted in 2016, was that a lot of folks down here wanted the Cowboys to draft the cornerback that you have, the $100 million man out there in Los Angeles, Jalen Ramsey at the time. Mm. And the Cowboys decided, no, you know, we're going to take Ezekiel Elliott, rebuild what we believe is the formula to win football games that's behind the dominant offensive line, which they had at the time and continued to have for subsequent years after that, and a powerful running game, a la the 90s Cowboys with Emmitt Smith and the offensive line they had. They wanted to recreate that with Ezekiel Elliott. I was fine with the pick at the time because I thought that they could use, they did not have a star you know, running back. And he's time. a winner. Yeah, yeah, won a national title at Ohio State. Like he, he's, he was to me the best fit for the the Cowboys at the time. But you know, I think what a lot of folks have felt like they feel like he's overpaid at ninety million dollars. You don't typically see running backs making that kind of money. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott got the ninety million dollar deal, and then when you think about how folks feel about him, one, not thinking he should have been drafted, two. You overpay him when you didn't necessarily have to because he was still in the middle of his contract when the Cowboys decided to, you know, handle that ninety million while he was holding out. And then you fast forward to this year, a guy who has never had a fumbling problem all of a sudden puts the ball on the ground a career high four times in this just the first six games of this season. So there's a lot that goes into why folks don't necessarily get down with Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not one of them. I think he has been one of the best backs since he has entered into the league. To me, he's the best blocking back in all of the NFL. Mm. Um, but at times, he has been maligned here. And unfortunately, it has been magnified this year with his fumbling problem. He says that he is going to work on it and fix it, look at film. But at the same time, it's something that he's got to get corrected because last week the Cowboys needed him to be the best player on offense to try to help Andy Dalton, and he simply didn't do that. Fumbled two times in a row, which led to 14 you know, straight errors on a card, no points, and it was pretty much a wrap after that. Now, this may be a stretch, but um, this may, actually, this may be a reach, but I stretched a little bit today, so I think I'll be okay. But. <laughs> Okay. I, I think I, I hearken back, and I told Pete this I'll a couple walk years too, ago. So I'm right there with you. Right, right there with you. <laughs> I know, man. I'm saying, like, got to stay flexible. But in this case, when yeah, I, I, I think you. back a couple seasons, when, like, they were talking about contracts and they were talking about Christian McCaffrey was up next and all these other running backs after um, Zeke was going to break the bank. And I feel like Zeke 
had the misfortune of being that running back in between two different eras where, like, the last cycle of great backs were kind of being pushed out of the league. Adrian Peterson's a, an outlier, just a total free radical. Mm-hmm. But then you see Zeke kind of, he would fit in in the, in the previous eras with, like, an LT and other backs. And then you see him in this era mm-hmm. where he's, like, totally dominating an offense. But then I remember, you know, I think – it was some news outlet. They put up like a picture of him and Nick Chubb. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you using like Zeke? Why are you using Zeke as the rub to get Chubb over when there are plenty of running backs mm-hmm. who are in the same draft class as Chubb? Who you like, you can compare Chubb to Sonny Michelle. Why would you use Zeke? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's almost like, like Zeke is slowly making his way to getting like Tiki Barber level heat from either the media or his team. Oh man. Well, Tiki Barber got some heat from some other stuff, but you know, we won't get into any of that. But uh, as far as that or Golden Tate, we won't talk about that. (laughs) Right. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ramsey handled his business the way he needed to. Uh, but for Zeke, look, man, I, he is in that in between of eras. Like as you mentioned, I think that's a great example because Zeke is a classic power back. He, I believe, he's a really good pass catcher. He just hasn't been used in those ways, a la a Christian McCaffrey or even a Dalvin Cook to a certain extent. And guys like McCaffrey, Chubb. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Gurley, Saint, those, yeah, exactly. You know, those guys are Swiss Army knives, and Zeke is he has been built behind a really good offensive line, but at the same time has never been. I think he was in his first couple of years the explosiveness, the down to twenty, thirty yard runs. You saw a lot of that his first couple of years in the league, and some of that has subsided. You know, with the amount of wear and tear. This is a guy that over the last three, four years, has had well over 300 carries, you know, in the National Football League, except for the year he got suspended, you know, a couple of years ago uh, by Roger Goodell for six games. But other than that, he's been the bell cow for this football team. So I think some of that is just the wear and tear, but some of that also is he is not the pass-catching, explosive speed back that you see a lot of these guys turning into, namely guys like I mentioned with McCaffrey, and uh, Alvin Kamara, those guys are just, yeah, they're on another level. And I feel like with this Cowboys team, I don't know generationally when they're going to have another window like this. Like they have a Hall of Fame left tackle, a guard who has a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame trajectory, a center who before he mm-hmm. had his illness, arguably you could say was on a Hall of Fame trajectory in Frederick. Um, yeah, yeah. Collins was a steal. Williams, I mean, I, I feel a certain way about the University of Texas Longhorn offensive linemen and how they don't produce any good ones anymore. But Connor Williams mm, is there. <laughs> but, and this isn't my USC Trojan bias coming in, but it's just a fact. Texas doesn't produce yeah. the offensive linemen anymore. They go elsewhere. But I look at this, but... Like, to have that kind of an offense, which probably would have won a Super Bowl in any other past era, I look to the defense, which, yet again, I feel like the Cowboys are playing with house money because Jalen Smith had that horrific injury. Matt, like, miraculously came back. 
Lander Vatenish, Leighton uh, Vanderish had the neck problem at Boise State. People knew about it. Like, there was no secret. Um, and now you're starting to see him kind of break down. Sean Lee, honestly, I don't know who probably has more worse knees, him or LaCharles Bentley. But, or Booby Miles. Like, I don't know whose knees worse. But between the three of them, like, it's just walking, just walking knee pain and destruction. But I look yeah. at that defense, and I say, I think that's the real reason the Cowboys are in this position, because they let Byron Jones walk. They've drafted mm-hmm. safeties and guys who just haven't been right. The corners are actually the last thing holding that defense together, because the Colorado corner, um, uh, he got hurt, Dig, yeah, he's good, but he got hurt. Diggs' brother is good. They have young, competitive, tough corners, but the safeties are trash, and then you mm-hmm. lose Byron Jones. I don't see where this defense or this team recovers if they can't somehow get, like, some all-star DB, like, two years from now. Like, if they don't somehow end up with Daryl Stingley Jr., I don't – I think the Cowboys might be done for another 10 years. What say you? No, you're right. No, you're right. I I think what what confuses me – and I just don't understand that you look at teams like the Steelers with Minka Fitzpatrick, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs with Juan Thornhill and um, Tyron Matthew, you can look at any other, the, the Patriots with you know Stephon Gilmore and the McCourty Twins, you go up and down the best teams in football in a passing league where you've got guys throwing for 4,500, 5,000 yards on a regular the Cowboys, for the better part of 25 years, have refused to invest in the back half of the secondary. They haven't had really the kind of impact safety since Darren Woodson left this football team. We're talking about a guy who left 20-plus years ago. They Good tried love. to do it when they drafted Roy Williams out of Oklahoma. Bust. That didn't work out. They tried to draft a corner, you know, uh, in I believe 2014. That was Morris Claiborne's year. Like they, they've tried in different ways, but they just do not evaluate the secondary very well. Terrence Newman um, and it's burned them. Terrence Newman—that's probably the best corner they ever had. The Cowboys have had in the last, yeah, since Dion. Like Terrence Newman, yeah. Well, yeah, when Dion was there in the in the you know mid to late nineties, yeah. But the Cowboys just refused to invest in that secondary, and it has cost them year after year. And you see it time and time again this year. But this secondary is just barbecue chicken. Like, Daryl Worley is not an NFL corner. I don't know Thank why Daryl Worley's on this football team. I just, it just, it just makes me so upset every time I see him out there getting burned by, he got burned by Christian Kirk for an 80 yard touchdown. Odell Beckham, you know, was killing him, you know, in the Browns game. Like, it's just, He'll you know, get one but, pass broken up every game just to keep him in the rotation. <laughs> but he'll he give like, up two <laughs> touchdowns. Like he has like decent agility. He'll make yeah. one play acceleration, and it's like, oh, maybe. But it's like, yeah, nah. <laughs> he did it with the Panthers. He did it with the and Raiders. I, he does it everywhere he goes. Yeah, and I feel bad for a guy in Trevon Diggs who you can tell he has the it factor. Like you can tell, like he's going to be a really good corner in this league. But right now, he's taking his lumps as any rookie corner does in the league, and you're going up against the best wide receivers in the National Football League. Like, you got matched up against DeAndre Hopkins. You've gotten matched up against 
you know, DK Metcalf, you know, y- your boys out in Los Angeles with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who, by the way, screened us to death. I did not appreciate what the Rams did in that game. <laughs> you know, screened and play action to, to death, you know, in that football game. So this secondary, until it improves, you're right, it's going to be – it could be a long time before this team really is successful because they can't get any pass rush, and then you're asking these corners to defend on an island, and they're not good enough. And, you know, hopefully Trevon Diggs continues to grow and mature. But right now, man, like I said, he's kept the barbecue chicken every Sunday. <laughs> uh, I, I got I got one more question on the Cowboys. Do you, do you, mm-hmm. Is this drama that we're seeing with, you know, players calling out their coaches and Mike McCarthy coming back at him, you know, saying we got to handle it as man and stuff like that. Is this yeah. just some year one rub? Like, is it going to get better, or is this just going to go up in flames, this whole Mike McCarthy era, before it even really gets started? It's it's tough to say initially because the report from James Slater was that, you know, these players, certain players feel like the coaches are not having them prepared. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're not teaching them correctly. They feel like they – don't know what their jobs are and how to do them. And that's frightening when you have a new coaching staff coming in, trying to teach and build, you know, some new techniques with some different defenses, you know, some philosophy changes from, you know, Jason Garrett for the past decade and six weeks in guys like, yeah, this ain't it. Like we can't get out here and keep doing this week after week. And there not be some kind of change because when, Players are talking in this manner. They're telling us in the media, like, hey, something's got to change here, and we can't get through to the coaches, so it's time for us now to start speaking to the media. And that can't happen under any head coach, let alone a first-year head coach or a a new head coach on a brand-new, you know, football team. And I'm surprised that a Mike McCarthy team at all would have this kind of stuff you know, leak out. And if Dak Prescott is in that locker room, I don't think that gets out necessarily. Mm. But at the same time, he's not in there. And guys are willing to talk, and they're doing so. But I don't think this will be the end of Mike McCarthy after year one, especially I run him a pass for the most part because of the amount of injuries that have decimated this football team. So for that alone, you know, he gets a pass for me from this season because no one can operate with your starting two tackles, one, as you mentioned, is going to be in the Hall of Fame and especially losing your franchise quarterback, who was really the only reason why this thing was staying afloat before, you know, he, you know, got injured. So I'm running McCarthy a pass right now, but yeah, you can't have folks leaking, you know, that kind of mentality out the locker room. What do you, what do you think was more damaging? Um, that piece that came out on Mike McCarthy regarding him and Aaron Rodgers' relationship deteriorating or Jerry Jones not getting his Dak situation handled? Um, Jerry not getting his situation handled with Dak. That should have been done two years ago. You know, the reports with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, those things happen from time to time. And I think both of them got to a point where they had been with each other for nearly a decade and a half, and that relationship probably started to get stale. You know, Aaron Rodgers wanted to do some different things, maybe have some more control, 
you know, of the offense. You know, Mike McCarthy has always been a guy who's called the plays, you know, for his offense. And that communication seemed to break down toward the end. But, you know, they had a decade run where they went to multiple NFC title games, won a Super Bowl together. It was probably time for a new voice in Green Bay anyway. And I think Dak Prescott said it best when he, you know, learned that Mike McCarthy was going to be the head coach that he didn't want to talk to Aaron Rodgers. He wanted to build his own relationship with Mike McCarthy based on how he and Prescott would communicate with each other, which I respect that because getting an opinion from another guy could, yes, be beneficial in learning some of the, you know, idiosyncrasies of a coach, but at the same time you want to learn him for yourself so you can build that rapport and relationship with him. Uh, but Jerry not getting that done when he should have gotten it done, when Jared Goff got his deal done, when Carson Wentz got his deal done, now it's cost the Cowboys maybe 8 to 10 maybe $12 million more because they didn't sign Dak when they should have a couple of years ago. And you give Dak credit for playing it the way that he did uh, with his agent Ty France, but at the same time, that's on Jerry for not getting that done. So I would say that would be the bigger the bigger story of the two. All right, Kevin. Well, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for staying up with us, and, and best of luck to you, man. Really proud of you. Keep going. You know, we've seen you put in the work. And it's great to see all the success you're having, man. Um, but before we let you go, go ahead and plug your social channels. Let people know where they can find you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate having you guys having me on. Man. A lot of fun with you guys, as always, man. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Kevin Gray Sports. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Kevin Gray Sports. Really, really appreciate that. All right, man. Have a good night. Appreciate it, fellas, man. Y'all stay tight. Y'all don't get out there and get on the Golden Tate, you know, Jalen Ramsey type stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Likewise. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Have a good night. All right, guys. Oh, sorry. You know me. I get trigger happy on that. that Always always prematurely hanging up on people. Sorry. My bad. Sorry, Kevin. But, yeah, man, that was Kevin Gray. Shout out to him for coming through. Like his third time on our show? Fourth time? I thought it was second. Nah, he's been on a couple times. Damn, we're, well, we are almost at 200, so we're getting <laughs> mighty close. <laughs> we're like five away, I swear. Five away from a Jalen Ramsey Golden Day? From a case? <laughs> but then we wouldn't get fined. Damn, that's, that's what that's what Marshawn Lynch was trying to play to see. To get no fight with somebody in the field and not get fined for it. But yeah, man, so the Cowboys were the big story of the week, obviously, with their collapse and, and the NFC East just being horrible. You know, this Eagles versus Giant game, we had Daniel Dimes, as he's all of a sudden being called, uh, break off an 80-yard run only to Daniel stumble hole. and fumble and... Stumbling, bubbling, f- shout out, <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, God damn it, what's his name? R.I.P. Keith Jackson. No one said stumbling, bubbling, fumbling, but funnier than him. Like, but yeah, man. Just speaking of collapses, the Minnesota Vikings. Oof. Like ever since Prince died, Minnesota has not been the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on, man. it's just true. I mean, like 
Why is like a bank running like Prince's estate? Like, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. I feel bad for John. The Mauer. Vikings giving up a second round pick to get Yannick to trade him in. They gave up a third. No, they gave up a second to get him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. And now six games later, they trade him for a third and a fifth. I don't know what's worse. That he had five sacks. Or the fact that ESPN was clowning on this Thursday night game between the Giants and the Eagles all day long, saying how irrelevant it is. But literally, that's all they were talking about. I mean, what else are they going to do? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'd you guys rather watch about college this game, football. But you literally keep talking about it. It just making more people watch it on one hand. And then on the other hand, you got someone essentially going – Premium, premium at a garage sale only to sell it on eBay for even less. But the real winner is Yannick because he wanted to go to Baltimore to begin with. Yeah, he's from Maryland. Yeah, he, he played, played at Maryland. Maryland. Jinx. Um, oh, he okay. wants to contend for some kind of title. I mean, Minnesota was, was at the beginning of the year was supposed to take the division and they're the, wor- the worst team in, in the NFC North right now. Well, Kenny's boy Danielle Hunter went down. Danielle with the Hunter, injury. don't Danielle call it, Hunter. don't call a grown man Danielle. <laughs> Danielle Hunter went down with an injury, so that was supposed to be um, Ugh, Yannick's counterpart. And yeah, but, but now he'll Ever. be across from Judah, Matt Judon. Yes, and honestly, he's we know the, we can't talk. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't enunciate. <laughs> you and Flood Mayweather. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to read a book of Harry Potter on the 200th episode. <laughs> no, I'll make it easy for you. Read Charlie Bone. It's a funny, it's a better read. But yeah, so the Vikings are collapsing. Daniel Hunter's on IR. They're pretty much turning on Kirk Cousins. Uh, Justin Jefferson is looking like he'll be even better than Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Diggs. What? Yeah, you not seen? I seen him. Yeah, he's good. But four catches, one hundred sixty-six yards. Yeah, touchdowns. I saw that. I was gonna put him on my Fanduel team, but I swapped him out at the last minute. No one cares about your Fanduel team. And I would have won if I would have had him. No one cares about your Fanduel team. He put up like forty points. Forty-two. You want to know how I know? Because I tried to get him on waivers, and I got screwed on waivers. Because apparently, winning is punishable in fantasy football, and nobody like, cares about your. <laughs> no one cares about your Fanduel team. No one cares about your Fanduel team. No one. <laughs> you don't even talk about it. You don't even care about your Fanduel team. My fantasy team two is weeks literally. Ago. I won my, two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I've won every week except the one week I didn't win. Where like everybody, every third B roll player on the NFL team decided to go off and have like twenty points. Like it was Joe Mixon had like forty two. Uh, Kenny Stills, no, not Kenny Stills. Um, the other okay, nobody like cares 40. about your fantasy like, team. I was like, bro, how bro, come you like, don't even play for money? At least I play for money. I'm smart enough to money? not. I'm smart enough to not. Nah, play for he's money. a little cornball. Oh no, he's this place for clout. It's bragging rights and like just incessant pettiness. Anyways, what are you in second grade? Who doesn't play fantasy football first off, for I'm money? First, fir- first off, I'm the first grade <laughs> for information. Speaking of. A lot at risk. I'll never breathe that hard into the mic ever again. Las Vegas Raiders' entire starting offensive line and starting safety, Jonathan Abrams. Got the Rona! Or are at least in quarantine. Allegedly. Due to hanging out with Trent Brown. Who definitely With no masks. 
Brown actually has COVID and John Gruden actually even went on record saying he's actually concerned for his health right now. So praise for Trent Brown. He actually looked good the last time the Raiders played the Chiefs. He he brings an extra physical element to that team, especially as a right tackle. Statistically, they're actually they better need. without him. Yeah, but Which is when you put the tape on, he's actually one of the best tackles in football. I mean, besides that, though, he just gives them an added edge and a lesser weakness. So, yeah, better to have him than to not have him. Exactly. But, yeah, man, as of now, Thursday night, when you're listening to this, the Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game was flexed from Monday, from Sunday night to regular Sunday um, p.m. telecast if you're on the West Coast, 1, 1 p.m. 105. And so they plan on playing the game despite the fact that the Raiders' entire starting offensive line is out. They only have five active linemen on the roster. You need eight active linemen. And, well, they can't even sign any of the linemen because if you sign someone, they have to clear a six-day quarantine. So I don't know what's going to happen. But since the whole fiasco with the Titans... I blame the Titans. I blame the Titans. Since the whole fiasco with the Titans, they essentially changed the rule from rescheduling to being able to punish teams with forfeits and draft picks. So, yeah, the Raiders are looking at possibly forfeiting this game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which would have been a great game considering, you know, that's Gruden's former team. It's Tom Brady. We only play him every so often. I have PTSD severely for this game. But, yeah, it might not happen. And if it happens, uh, Patrick Omaha is going to be a starting guard. Did you just say Patrick Omaha? Omaha. The guard. The guard from Jacksonville. Amalie? Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. That's probably not how you say it. But uh, I don't even think that's how I'm you say it. I was closer than you. you just, I thought you were going to start singing in here for a second. Like, a whim away. A whim, like, honestly, wow. God damn it, Pete. Well, it just shows what the NFL is like. You guys already maxed out all the effort you can with the COVID pro- protocols. You can't and, keep pushing back games. Yeah, you can't keep pushing back games. I mean, thanks, Patriots. They did it. And, and like, even the Chargers had four games altered. And thanks, then they have Chiefs. a single person uh, test. And now he's starting to get around to every team. It's about to break out. And Brandon Parker's going to be the starting left tackle. I'm just not going to watch football this week. I'm going to sit this one out, guys. Get rid of my whole fantasy team for a week. I'm probably going to lose. Make a new fantasy team and put money on it. But yeah, man. (laughs) This this is going to be... This is going to be a shit show. And like, my fantasy team's name is... And Domica Sue's going to like, literally have five sacks. He's literally going to score three scoop and score touchdowns. (laughs) And I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting this week on my defense. So it's kind of bittersweet. Oh my God. Time to pick up something on the waiver wire. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty bare. It's pretty bare. Or actually, do you get 10 points for keeping your opponent <laughs> at zero points for a forfeit? No, nah, but I do get 100 points if a kick gets blocked. 100 points? That's, that's ridiculous. Row, bro. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I'd be pissed. Yeah, Good thing I'd you guys don't furious. pay for money. It's a mad match. Type. Yeah, I, I killed somebody already. Yeah, I got but, screwed out of a, like at least two championships. I mean, God, I thought I was bad by the guy I played this week losing by four-tenths of a point. Somebody... Got 100 points on a kick field goal. One year, I had the highest scoring offense and the lowest scoring defense, and I fucking lost. I didn't even make the playoffs. Explain that to me. 
I like by a wide margin outscored everybody and gave up the least amount of points. And I didn't even make I made the constellation bracket. Back to something that actually matters. Oh, you mean the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> championship hopes? Those are gone down the toilet. Those are done. The one done, good, done. the one slice of hope here for for Raiders fans out there is this lawyers, is like a rematch of the Super lawyers Bowl. Lawyers are getting involved, <laughs> and if it's one place the Raiders are undefeated, it's in court versus the NFL. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens, but yeah, this is like my worst nightmare though, because like it's. It's Tom Brady, who I hate as a Raiders fan. Tuck rule, all types of drama. And then it's the Buccaneers who beat the shit out of the Raiders on my sister's birthday in Vegas. And, like, she just stopped watching football because of that. (laughs) On her birthday. (laughs) Like, on her birthday. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm just like. He was told to. I got in a fight in school because I just refused to pay bets because I was talking so much shit and bet people. Well, they were supposed <laughs> to smack them. They're like, he, one dude went up to my mom. I was like, I'm really not paying you. <laughs> and I'm going to beat you up. Because <laughs> you walked up to my mom and asked her for money. How dare you? <laughs> I, went to rallies, I went to rallies, got a big ass burger and a shake and ate it right in front of him. I said, You want the change? <laughs> yeah. It, it was a dark time. Like, Sounds it was pretty dark. It was a dark time for the Raiders, and I lived through all those terrible draft picks. Wow! Perfect segue. Wrong button, but okay. Hello, caller. What's your name, and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Corey. I'm actually calling from where am I calling? From? Scotts Valley, California. Wow, he's in our time zone. Lit. <laughs> What's up, Corey? How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How you two doing? Good, good, man. Hanging in there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Corey is the, the host of the Hardcore College Football podcast and um, website, all that. So, Kenny, Penn, to you. Penn State Homer, but most importantly... <laughs> He called the Big Ten, man. He, he called it. I'm personally tired of all these trash top 25 rankings. Get the Sun Belt out of my top 25. Uh, I just take, I, I'll take um, Michigan State in the top 25 at this point. But college football. <laughs> fair, fair. I totally agree. I hate Michigan State. I've, ne- I've never had a quarterback out of Michigan State that came out of there that I trusted. Not a single one. So you're right. But in terms of the Big Ten coming back, what, what what's going through your mind for these opening game weekends? Because we already know Nebraska's going to get uh, their face kicked in by Ohio State. Yeah, I can promise you that. You know, I think I saw something on Twitter where someone made the case for like why Nebraska and Ohio State are a rivalry. <laughs> and then I saw that somebody <laughs> said that in the last five meetings, Ohio State's won by 53 points per game or something like that. So, yeah, uh, Nebraska, I don't know. I'm not a huge betting person, but if you're taking Nebraska, I don't know even know what the betting line is, but Ohio State's going to cover that. I don't know what it is. Plus 48? Ohio, Ohio State's going to cover that. Dang. Oh, my goodness. Sweet Jesus. No, nah, but in all in all, in all uh, fairness here, I think people need – to at least calm down a little bit as far as the excitement for the Big Ten. Like, obviously, as you mentioned, I am a Penn State homer. Um, but 
I think we have to remember kind of how the season started for most teams not named Clemson. Um, people came out to kind of a slow start. A lot of teams really struggled in the beginning there. Um, and so I wouldn't expect anything different from the Big Ten. I expect some slow starts, expect, you know, some kinks to kind of have to be worked out a little bit. I expect the teams that you, you know, are, are good to win. But don't be surprised if we see some pretty ugly games this weekend. Speaking of which, uh, Nebraska is a plus plus twenty seven point five points. That is low. Take it. Just take it. Just take it. Trust me, take it. You telling me if if Ohio State gets up by twenty eight points, you really trust Adrian Martinez to throw the ball and get them back within twenty seven? No, I'm I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. A fluke touchdown. Yeah, I don't even know if there's a prop bet out there to see if Adrian Martinez makes it through the game. I'm not really sure. Zach Harrison might implant him into the turf in the third quarter. He is uh he is barely coming back from injury. He says he's healthy. I'm just like, you know, is it is it Miss, uh Michigan and Minnesota playing too this weekend? Yes. Yeah, that's actually probably the best game of the weekend. Um I believe it's on prime time. So, uh it will be around four o'clock over here. You know, the sad thing about me being out here is I'm technically supposed to work on Saturdays. So <clears throat> California really sucks. Central time is great for college football. Um, but it kind of sucks over here because what do you guys do at night? Just watch Pac-12 games. Watch Pac-12 games <laughs> and tweet with yeah, a drunken, bitter, do? visceral yeah. depression. <laughs> it's all I don't know. Pac-12 after dark. While you're, while you're free, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, have, I have some of the most legendary Pac-12 after dark tweets of all time. They're pretty dark. <laughs> and it's like while I'm watching, switching from Pac-12 to Mountain West. Like Hawaii and Fresno State late at night, like, whew, it's That's a lot. A good point. I, I, when I watch Pat Cole at uh, after dark, I, I can have the TV on, but for some reason, any time I pick up my phone, my girlfriend wakes up and knows that I'm like watching. So if I just leave my phone alone, but she's, I don't know, she's got like a, a timer in her head or something. She knows when I pick up my phone. She's like, "What are you doing?" So I'm watching football. So I was like, if, so I just have the TV on, but no phone, I can get away with it. But as soon as I pick that phone up, knock <laughs> the water over, I don't know, something happens. And, and she's like, what the hell is going on in here? So um, I, I don't tweet as much at night, and maybe that's probably for the best. But no, let's, let's talk about this Minnesota-Michigan game. I am pretty high on Minnesota. I know they lost quite a bit, obviously. Uh, Tyler Johnson's gone. Antoine Winfield Jr. is gone. Uh, Kamal Martin and... Um, Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks are gone. So they lost quite a bit. Obviously, Kirk Scirocco went to Penn State as the offensive coordinator. And so they brought in Mike Sanford, Jr., who was at Western Kentucky. I still think that Minnesota is doing the best job compared to most of the teams in the West. I know Nebraska fans will come at me saying, oh, we're actually recruiting the best. But I think Minnesota is doing a really good job of reloading. And I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Uh, this Daniel Jackson guy is a four-star wide receiver from Kansas I also really like. Um, but they still have a lot of key weapons. And one of the things, I think I actually I don't really listen to Joel Klatt that much, but he had a good point the other day that the best <laughs> quarterbacks right now that we've seen so far are the ones that already had experience. And so Tanner Morgan is one of the most experienced quarterbacks, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. So that's going to go a long way for Minnesota. They still have Rashad Bateman, who decided to opt back in. Um, I'm excited for this Minnesota team. And now this Michigan team, like, I get it, like, you think they can't get worse, but then every year they kind of just do something that you're like, what, what are they doing? But I think on offense, they're going to be better. 
second year with Josh Gaddis. I, I have faith in him. I've met him personally. He's a really good guy, even though he's a Michigan guy now. He's a really good guy. They're going to have to figure out some things on defense. They lost Khalid Hudson. They lost Jordan Glasgow. They lost Levert Hill. They lost uh, uh, Josh Metellus. So they lost some key pieces on that defensive uh, defensive side of the ball. But if they focus on running, Charbonnet, Haskins, I think they can have some success. But uh, that's probably one of my favorite games of this weekend. And I think Minnesota wins, but it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a real close one. Yeah, I kind of want to pick – I think Minnesota's just surpassed Michigan – they don't have the pressure of living up to, like, a legacy that Michigan hasn't even lived up to since they had Denard Robinson. And, you know, yeah, with Bateman coming back, uh, Michigan losing Nico Johnson, the wide receiver, it's kind of like – and then Dylan McCaffrey transferred to Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. It's like I don't know who they're, who they're running out. They got Milton. I think Milton's going to be successful. They're raving about Milton. So they call him Baby be Cam. He's a quarterback for them. Um, I, I'm just worried about how much they lost on defense. They still got Daxon Hill and Avery Thomas over there in the secondary, but I'm worried about how they're consistently going to play defense and how they're going to stop Muhammad Ibrahim. I mean, that's really what's going to come down. Who, who's going to run the ball better? And and I'm leaning towards Minnesota right now, but crazier things have happened. And, and that Denard Robinson um, little uh, – bit right there. I was actually at the Penn State wideout game. Here's the Penn State homer for you. When Penn State beat Denard Robinson 41-31. So I think you'd have to go back even further to return the actual <laughs> glory. Damn, that is true. <laughs> like, I'm sorry when they went 10-2 and that one time. Or whenever they beat Ohio State, which was probably when I was in high, in high school still. But, like, you're talking about teams starting out slow. I feel like... I think I was still teasing. Oh man! Oh wow! <laughs> Whew, Charles Woodson, uh, man, that that's too far off. That's too far off. But you look at like, yeah, all right. That that's probably what they're aiming for, right? But let's be honest, that's kind of what they want back is the Charles Woodson days. They're not. They're not <laughs> coming back. Sorry. This is like no. the Cowboys. This is an. This is the episode for teams with depressing uh, hopes for the future. It's just not coming back. At least not right, for a while. About yeah. So you look at. I think the Big 12, they pretty much disqualified themselves because even if Oklahoma State, um, with their 10 teams, but they're the Big 12, even if they went out and they're like seventh in the country, I don't, like, there's no real competition. Oklahoma's trash. Texas is trash. Most of these teams in the Big 12 are trash. So the Big 12's done. They're out of the playoff. So really, I guess that leaves an allowance for a Big 10 team to slip up. But who do you feel like is in the most danger, you know, in these first two weeks? The most danger. Well, well, first off, I do think Oklahoma State, no matter how bad the Big 12 is, I, I agree Big 12 is bad. But if Oklahoma State did run the table, and they got a tough one against Iowa State this weekend, but if for some reason they did run the table, it's hard to imagine they'd be kept out of the playoff. Now, besides their race as head coach, they're not a bad team. They have a lot of you know, pretty good weapons on offense. Um, you know, they just they just can't seem to get out of the OAN formation for some reason. I, I don't know why. Who's in the most danger? I think there's uh, there's two teams that come to mind. Look, Penn State and Ohio State playing week two, so I'm just going to exclude that because that's pretty obvious. Like one of those teams are going to lose by week two. That that's pretty obvious. I think Wisconsin's in danger early. 
They lose Zach Cohn to a knee injury a couple weeks ago. They have to obviously replace Jonathan Taylor. They have to replace uh, Quintez Cephas on the outside. They lose a lot of pieces, and I know Wisconsin fans will say, oh, we always have good running backs. But Jonathan Taylor was the cream of the crop, and so they have to find their identity again. And, oh, by the way, they lost some pretty good linebackers on the other side of the ball, too. So Wisconsin's a team, I don't think they're going to lose to Illinois in week one, but they're a team I'm keeping an eye on because if they stumble early, all of a sudden that Big Ten West becomes a lot more favorable. Um, on top of that, I know Ohio State's really good and they're going to be fine. I think Penn State's really good and going to be fine. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the rest of the Big Ten East and how that's going to shape up. I think Maryland's going to be a lot better than people think. I think Rutgers is going to be a lot better than people think. I, <laughs> I'm I know sorry. it's a funny joke. I'm sorry. But I think they are going to be better. I think Greg Schiano will eventually turn things around there. So not necessarily a slip-up, but I'm really excited to see what those teams in the Big Ten East are going to do um, against maybe the lower-level teams of the Big Ten West because if they can play you know, some pretty good, decent ball, all of a sudden the Big Ten East gets even more competitive. True. Um I think with Maryland, it's going to be interesting to see what Tua's little brother does. And they have, like, a pretty good uh, wide receiver prospect at Maryland. Like, Maryland has sneaky great athletes. And then yeah, you just, just find about, out. Uh, is it Garrett or Barrett? I'm, I'm, I can't remember right off the top of my head. Garrett or Barrett, whoever the hell he is, he's really good, yeah. Yeah, and then you find out one day when they're just, like, pimp-slapping Michigan and they're they're taking I they're taking Ohio State down to the wire. Like wow, Maryland's really good, and then they end up with like six wins. But it's, it's just weird. It feels like when it comes to the Big Ten, like I don't know what Northwestern's gonna do, but I feel like they're gonna sneak up on people. Yeah, I think they're so. Quiet. For some reason, a lot of people are, are tech. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I that's what people have been saying. They think Northwestern might actually be in. Look. Pat Fitzgerald's going to win games he's not supposed to win, and he's going to lose games he's not supposed to. Um, but qu- quick point about, I guess to give you one more answer, just getting to the top of my head about teams that are in danger early, I really think Michigan State is in danger because what you're trying to do at that program is, is going to be difficult as it is. And if he loses games early on and they don't have any buy-in from the program because there were some cancerous things going on in that program at the end there, if he loses the buy-in early on, that program could really sink really fast, especially in the recruiting footprint they're in. They're fighting for a lot of recruits right now, and if they fall behind, it, it might be sayonara for them. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know why Northwestern would all of a sudden uh, be really good. I think they're going to play good defense, but the question is always going to be, when it matters most, are they going to be able to score enough points, and are they going to be physical enough at the point of attack? And, and I just don't really see that happening. And I have a wild card for you, Iowa. I mean, they're going through their whole situation with ex-players wanting Kirk Ferentz to be fired for intentional uh, racism and discrimination. That program's kind of slowly having, you know, the 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 blankets ripped off, so to speak. And for some reason, Iowa just always has like a competent quarterback and a decent run game. So who do you see Iowa upsetting this year, despite all the chaos that that program is going through right now? Yeah, it's amazing how hard apparently it is to not be racist. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> in Iowa of all places. <laughs> right. I mean, it's especially in Iowa. Like, you're exactly right. Like, 
you can pro- in Iowa you can probably get away with being a little bit racist, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying you can have different water fountains, but you can probably get away with you know a little bit of racist things, like you know calling them boys all the time or something like that. Like, oh, you're just in Iowa. But the fact that you're getting called out for being a racist in Iowa, I mean, you clearly did something that you ain't supposed to do. So I, I don't know what they're doing over there, but something's in their corn. That, that just ain't right. Yeah. Like, how do all your famous ex-players call you out for being racist? All of them. Like the best ones. Uh, and I, now, I will say this, that it, the, the Akram Wadley case is weird because he's coming out with all this stuff now, but... Once he left, he was actually pushing for Iowa to recruit his brother. So that one seems a little weird to me. I will give Iowa fans that just because if it was that bad, why would you push your brother to go to the same school? I don't know all the details, but that does seem a little bit weird to me. I am curious where this will end up going with their lawsuit. Anyway, I think Iowa's going to be really good. They had decided on their quarterback, Spencer Petrus is going to be the guy. He's six foot five, 230 pounds. And doesn't Spencer Petrus just sound like another Iowa quarterback that you would have, like, hasn't he been there for six years already? <laughs> like, he's going to yeah. do the exact same thing as every other Iowa quarterback, and I am so damn excited for it. <laughs> he's like, a, he's like no, a Drew Tate with less athleticism but a bigger arm. Right. And, and, but, you know, he'll be able to see his mistakes before he makes them, so I'm really excited <laughs> for that. Um, they lose Tristan Wirfs. They lose uh, A.J. Epineza. So they got some things they got to fix on both the offensive and defensive line. And a corner. But they still have Amir Smith. Uh, yes. And they still have Amir Smith and Marset as the wide receiver position. And they still have – and I'm not going to be um, too exuberant here, but I really think Tyler Goodson is one of the best running backs in the country. And he will probably not get enough love ever because of what he's going to have to go through in the Big Ten West. But Tyler Goodson, I mean, he he's a super athletic. He's, he's probably one of the most – Fifty running backs Iowa's ever had. I mean, he, he, you know, I think of like Sean Green type running backs when I think of Iowa, um, but he he's a shifty guy. I really like Tyler Goodson. So I I'm not only saying they're going to upset somebody, and, and I'm not sure who that's necessarily going to be, but I'm not surprised when it all comes down to it. I mean, I think the Big Ten West is going to be the Wild West to begin with, but I wouldn't be surprised if on the last two weeks of the season or so. Now again, the quarterback play inexperience does hurt them there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the running in the last two two weeks or so. All right, Corey. So, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, months, when we talked, you know, you, you were kind of excited that, you know, we were actually going to get football, some sort of normalcy. But you were also kind of, like, hesitant, like, uh, I don't know if we'll finish. But now that we've gotten this far and now that we have, you know, a conference returning, just what what do you make of the season so far, and what are you looking forward to, you know, as it continues and, and eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, concludes? Yeah, that's a really good question because, I mean, I don't really remember what I say on these things, to be honest with you. That's all right. Nobody does. <laughs> I've been drinking these San Francisco IPAs for the last three hours, so I probably won't remember what I say on this one either. Sorry, right, you've been spitting fire. Keep it coming. <laughs> you are batting a thousand, sir. Curtin Clayshaw could never. Uh, but I think when, and especially Big Ten fans and eventually Pac-12 fans, which I'm assuming is most of your audience, what you got to understand going into this thing that games are going to be canceled. 
right? I mean, we've already seen that, even in the SEC. And I had SEC fans pretty much burning my house down telling me, oh, the SEC would never cancel a game because of the Rona. Well, indeed, it did happen this past week, for example, between Florida and LSU. So it's, it's inevitable. So when that happens, the sky isn't necessarily falling. But I'm still on the caution of, hey, like, the players, you know, they're not the guinea pigs here. And so, hell, the, the stuff with Journey Brown at Penn State, for example, can bring back my homerishness here. They're not telling us what the issue is, but they're saying it's some sort of medical issue. And my only thinking is, what if it's some sort of myocarditis thing that they just found? Because they said it's a recent, you know, you know, finding all of a sudden. So those things still scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as we realize that whatever kind of football we get is good football and basically don't have any sort of expectation. If we go into this as we think it's a one-night stand and we come out of it as it's a little bit more, then hell, we want something. But but if we go in thinking we're going to get married, I mean, we're probably going to get our hearts broken. That's probably the best way to sum it up. Amen. That was the perfect way to say it. All right, Corey. Ooh. Why don't you go ahead and let people know where they can find you, hardcore college football. What's what's coming up yeah, next? Yeah, guys, if you want, and, and to be honest with you, I'm probably funnier and better when I come on this and I have my own stuff. Um, but if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, Hardcore CFB. Of course, I'm on pretty much every podcast platform. And now I should be careful because apparently there's like some really disgusting, like pornish, I don't know what kind of fetish <laughs> podcast things out there that some people listen to, but I'm not on those platforms. But I'm on like the normal <laughs> ones. Um, so you can go find me. Uh, hardcore college football. I put out a podcast once a week. I do a pretty good, decent job most of the time. Um, but don't expect, like, top-of-the-notch quality content. I'm giving you a solid B, C-plus most of the time. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. The most honest man in show business. Honestly, I just, I'm just waiting for your OnlyFans that's just Penn State takes. Like, classical Penn State takes. You're just, you're just shredding Michigan and, like, Ohio State. Well, how about this? I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a negative towards Penn State real quick. We lose Micah Parsons. We lose Journey Brown now. Super worried that all of a sudden our secondary things are just all of a sudden going to be fixed because, man, did our secondary look awful last year. So those are the big concerns. In fact, I do write before the glory of old state when it comes to Penn State stuff, and I took Indiana to cover, to be fair. And I mm-hmm. still think Indiana, depending on what they do, and I'm a huge Josh or a no, 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 not Josh Allen. Well, I can't think of his first name. Coach Allen, I'm going to call him. Huge Coach Allen fan. Tim Allen. I'm pretty, no, that's not Tim Allen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's Indiana. Nobody ever knows their names. It's okay. It's not okay, but whatever. In any case, it is. Coach Allen, huge fan. He's a super energetic, super passionate guy. A lot of respect for him. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a really good quarterback. They can flirt with Penn State Tom for Allen. quite a while. It's going to be... It's going to be up to whether or not they can run the ball enough to actually put Penn State away. But it's going to be a close game. If you're betting again, again, I don't bet. I'm pretty sure I'm living the only state that doesn't allow betting. Um, <laughs> but I would take the uh, the Hoosiers to cover. Mm. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your time in, in in our time zone, and keep up the great work. And we'll check in with you soon. Hey, I will. Uh, I will do my best. You guys continue to put out good content. I'm looking forward to. Uh, Whatever the hell we have coming our way. All right, man. Have a good night. Peace. Hey, you too. Thanks, guys. Just imagine some kids listening to the show right now, and they try to get to his uh, 
His affiliates right there, and they just come up with the wrong thing. Like, oh, he said, "Hardcore one night stand." Oh my god, <laughs> mom, I wasn't looking at that. Penn State, wait, penitentiary? A one night stand in a penitentiary? Oh, could get, that, that could get dark with Penn State. <laughs> just, oh man, all it takes is four letters, and he's like, "Wait, why are there X's in this title?" Oh god. Great stuff from Corey. Yeah. So with that, why don't you go ahead and wrap up the rest of college football? Indeed, indeed. So, Florida gonna Florida, y'all. Just, just accept that fact. But um, I'm gonna. Now that we've talked past the racism, uh, in addition to that Iowa case, the lawyer um, is actually he's even more determined. The civil rights lawyer is even more determined to win the case after Iowa denied a twenty million dollar settlement offer. Hmm. So. There's that But some actual good news um, UCF quarterback form, uh, Quarterback McKenzie Milton He uh, actually dislocated his kneecap And like tore a vein in his leg And almost lost his leg and died A couple of years ago Like just Yeah Fucked his leg up Horrible um, He is making a comeback There's some practice footage of him throwing he looks pretty decent, and he said that his motivation was Alex Smith. And I'll be damned. Salute to Alex Smith. Word. And Mackenzie Milton. No longer the noodle arm club, they are the strong leg club. That's Just move on. Yeah. yeah. Move on. Boo. I thought I had something. Right. Hey, man. Whatever. <laughs> I can't even... You got five more bullet points. Come on. (laughs) And we got like two games. Hurry up. Oh, my goodness. So, Kansas running back, uh, Puka Williams, star running back for the Kansas Jayhawks. He opted out for the rest of the season to be close with his ailing mother in Louisiana, where he's from. Now, Big Ten, more COVID news, which is interesting. He didn't mention Purdue, but what do you know? Purdue head coach uh, Jeff Brom has COVID-19, but he's still going to retroactively coach through, I guess it's his brother, Brian Brom, former uh, Louisville quarterback. Wasn't he with the Packers, too? Yeah, that one year in Madden where he had, like, really great throw power and accuracy. He was, like, a great backup for no reason. Yeah, like that one year in Madden where he had, like, 91 Bro, throw go, power. Bro, I Brian Brown. I was like, why? Yeah, like, why is Because was, he was on that team where Louisville, they thought they were going to win the national yeah, title. Yeah, my cousin picked him to the Cos. Yeah. Win the Liberty Bowl. Get the MVP. Wait, your cousin cousin? Yeah. Wasn't that that game? Uh, Andy Alvarez. In the Liberty Bowl Yeah where It was Louisville And Boise State And he threw a pick oh, I don't remember Pretty sure that was it Probably was I, I remember when Like Chris Johnson Just destroyed Boise And then like That's how he became A first round running back Cause he just shitted On Boise State's defense He just ran away from people I remember that But yeah They did beat Louisville But um It was before that It was like When they had Michael Bush Mario Iruda Harry Douglas Continue Yeah Anyway so, uh, yeah, so his brother, or I guess his brother, he's going to be the acting head coach, but really, like, Brom, Brian Brown's still going to be making all the calls from afar, even though he has COVID. Nick Saban, by the way, got tested, like, five times, uh, and then was allowed to coach. Like, they really pretty much made the rule for him, because nobody else would have been able to do that under the 
current protocols. He got tested five times. He had five negative tests. So they let him, like they rushed him in like a three-day span after five tests to coach the game, and then Alabama proceeded to beat the dog shit out of Georgia. I mean, it was close most of the time, but then they pulled away. But, yeah, Alabama bitch slapped them 41-24. See, on the the Pac-12, they released their game cancellation policy. I'm sorry, I misspoke. You were right. Quarterback of that Louisville team was Steven LaFleurs. Yeah, who actually was deaf. Hmm, I didn't know that. Actually deaf. He played for the Carolina Panthers, too. Yeah, I remember that. He's like a 75. But, um, yeah, so Pac-12 released their game cancellation policy, updated tiebreakers for the 2020 football season, and they ironically have to have at least seven offensive linemen, one quarterback. Um, So they have stronger uh, policies than the NFL does, the Pac-12. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And, uh, yeah, Florida head coach. Remember I said Florida was going to Florida, everybody. Now, this man wanted, uh, now that all stadiums can be fully open. Yeah, you got to pick a better Florida soundtrack. I need you to, like, dig deep. Get a flow rider. That is deep, bro. You going to play flow rider over trick? <laughs> Stop, bro. You I'm really just facetious. said you're going to play flow rider over trick daddy. I'm being facetious. Fuck out of here, bro. I'm being Continue. facetious. Do you know what facetious means? Continue. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Florida head coach Dan Mullen, who wanted a full stadium for that canceled LSU-Florida game, he has COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Um, on other sick, disgusting shit, and when, um, you know, you're talking about Clemson being pretty much the head and shoulders, the best team of everybody else, Clemson beat Georgia Tech 73-7. to hmm. And why was it so bad? It was the most points scored on Georgia Tech since Clemson beat them like in the twenties or thirties, like seventy three to zero. But here's the kicker. Uh Clemson's punter, who's technically a kicker, but not a kicker, because some kickers are punters, but not all punters are kickers. So yeah, their punter, they were beating Georgia Tech so badly that the punter for uh Clemson had to come in and play quarterback. And he had like more passing yards than um Georgia Tech did. Like the punter for Clemson was shredding Georgia Tech's defense, which was actually trying. They lost seventy-three to seven to Clemson. Okay, so fourth. This is for Pete. Fourth-ranked Notre Dame went was in a just a slugfest. I mean, down to the wire. I mean, since you kept bringing up Louisville, uh, yeah, fourth, the fourth-ranked team in the country. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, held on for a barn burner of a victory, beating the Louisville Cardinals, who got packed out by the Miami Hurricanes. (laughs) Notre Dame beat Louisville. Adjectives any more exciting. (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no. I just want y'all to hear this. For all you Notre Dame fans out there, uh, Clemson packed like three trash teams beat. Louisville, I think Louisville lost to Pitt or some shit. Either way, Louisville lost to a bunch of teams this year. But the fourth-ranked team in the country, Notre Dame, beat Louisville 12-7. to <laughs> You want to keep that in mind, 12-7. to Remember that. Fifth-ranked North Carolina choked and pulled a Clemson from 10 years ago by losing to Florida State. 
20, uh, 31 to 28. North Carolina came back in the second half, but it was like at one point, like, damn near 28 0. It was bad. I'm like, here, so I'm yeah. And that's pretty much it for college football. Wow, that's it? That's all? You sure? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you personally get sued for that one. Alright, with that, we move to Is it touchdown or turnover or take or tangent? Take or tangent. If you can find it. Whichever one fits. English motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> Eric? Alright. Number one teams undefeated five and those Steelers versus Titans. However, Steelers linebacker Devin Bush tore his ACL. Take your tangent. Uh, here's my take. Taylor Lewan, the left tackle for the Tennessee Titans, tore his ACL. So I guess it's kind of a push because they're starting left tackle, tore his ACL. The Pittsburgh Steelers starting middle linebacker tore his ACL. A lot of people are calling this the matchup of the week. The COVID Bowl? Like, a lot of people are saying these are two of the best teams. It could be a preview of the AFC title game. Shout out to Juju Smith-Schuster being a, a number two receiver. And, like, us all just, like, accepting it. Y'all owe Antonio Brown and Ice an apology. Is it a Sunday night game? No, it's during the day. Mm. I think it's one of oh, the early God, games. it's one of those it's one of those slow rise or slow burn ten AM eleven I think that's or ten thirty AM games. Yeah. Ten, just, ten fifteen. Bro, that just, extra fifteen minutes is life. I'm sorry. Nah, bro. <laughs> not when it's the Steelers and Titans where it's just smash mouth football and it's just a pounding. This should I'm be like, a good game. They're both high powered, got pretty decent defenses. Well, I mean Steelers have the better defense in my opinion, but Yeah. But Derrick Henry's a freak of nature. That is just, he's insane. And the Raiders passed on him. <clears throat> All right, Raiders, next. Raiders passed on him. Uh, Cowboys players trashed the coaching staff after Cardinals whooped their ass. I mean, we already kind of talked about that one. But they hopefully they can get their shit together. But I'm not very optimistic. Just because this was already kind of the narrative around McCarthy towards the end of Green Bay. But the fact that this is surfacing at the start and you have a veteran. Well, they have a good mix of both veteran and young guys. So, I don't know. There's something there. There's something in the water. There's too much going on there in that team right now. Yeah, probably COVID. Yeah, it probably starts at the top, too. Shout out to Jerry. Speaking of Jerry Jones, Kyler Murray is 7-0 and in Jerry land. Take a tangent. Oh, yeah. Kenny, go ahead. Yeah, so Kyler Murray has never lost. Like, unlike LeVar Ball. I like LeVar <laughs> Ball. Kyler Murray has never lost in Jerry Jones' stadium. He would, He went like 3-0 in high school championships in Texas. Then he went undefeated at Oklahoma. And then he's never lost to the Cowboys in that stadium. He is 7-0 all time in the house that Jerry Jones built. Damn, if I would have told you a black quarterback that plays for a Texas football team is undefeated in the Dallas Cowboys stadium, I definitely would have picked Dak Prescott because the Cowboys suck. And But I wouldn't have picked Kyler Murray either because that's just crazy. Like, the odds. See, now that was a well-timed drop. Uh, let's just trade Zeke. 
Trade him to the Cardinals. Are you a, are you a closet Cowboys fan? Trade him to the Cardinals. Nah. Nah, Chase Edmonds and Drake. Trade him to the Raiders. Shit. Nah, I'm good. No, I'm good. How long is Dak supposed to be out for? The year. At least a year. Compound fracture, dislocation. Thankfully, no serious nerve damage, but it's going to take the whole at least year and six months to learn how to walk again and do physical therapy. And he's going to come back after that? Hopefully. Hopefully. Nerve damage always plays a part, especially when it comes to a a compound fracture. Like, that's... His ankle was bent in another direction. That shit's not normal. Last one. Fitz Magic. Ryan Fitzpatrick says getting benched over to was heartbreaking. Take a tangent. Oh, let me do this one. I'm going to go with what Bart Scott said earlier today. You can't feel sorry for that, man. Like, yeah, it's an awkward situation. You know, what What place do you get fired, essentially, and then you have to show up the next day and work for the boss that fired you and, oh, yeah, sit four hours in a room with the guy who replaced you. I mean, I get that. College newspapers. But then you look at his, like, I think he's made, like, $70 million over his career. And the fact that he's been across 14 different organizations. Like, don't feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's lived a good life. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I thought that was kind of lame because it's like you were hyping up to us. Like, bro, you were never a franchise QB. You are always a stopgap. You're a franchise stopgap. Sorry, bro. You're the side, like, you're the side piece. You're not a side piece. He's he's medically cleared to play. He's playing. He's playing good, man. I mean, he's he's. But it's it's magic. It only lasts for so long. And I think that's what everybody really knows. It's like, all right, you're playing lights out for these two or three games. I think that's the two or three games we're going to get out of you. But I mean, it sucks. A guy that's playing that good to uh, go out like that, but at the same time, he knew he was going to be like that. So, Well, they just said the timing is weird because Miami's still in the run for the playoffs, but that's why you have coaches. Like They see this guy, too, every day. If they think he gives them something Ryan doesn't, you know, it's ultimately going to come down to them. Yeah. The, the locker room's going to hold them accountable if it, if it flops. Des Bryant to sign on Ravens practice squad. I'm going to say it's a touchdown. Touchdown! Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Because, look, man, Des Bryant, I know he got hurt last year, but before that, you know, he kind of got phased out. He kind of got a raw deal. And, you know, we've talked about it before. Situation with his mom, situation with the draft. You know, he's talked about the Cowboys organization. Point is, Dez has been through a lot, but he he's still a contributor. He might not be an elite guy anymore. And honestly, he was to me, he was probably only like a top five receiver at his prime. Even though people want to talk like he was one. Two, but really he was always behind AB and Julio and probably even Odell for like two seasons. So, I mean, I, I'm rooting for Des. I want to see him succeed. And Baltimore could use a possession receiver. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Like, yeah. He deserves a win. 
You rupture Achilles, you put in all that work to come back. He deserves to go out on his sword, on his shield. Like, let him go out the way he wants. He deserves it. All right, moving on. Seahawks pursuing Antonio Brown. Kenny? (laughs) (laughs) You want to go first? Oh, I'm tired of talking about this. I... If they sign him, it's just a, a cheat code. But, like, I don't think they're going to sign Antonio Brown to the Seahawks, even if they are pursuing him. Because, let's be honest, Russell Wilson is just... He's turning into, like, like Kobe. Like the Kobe Bryant of quarterbacks. Wow. Okay. Wow. Like a Mamba mentality. Where like he's laughing at you the last drive of the game. Because... Like, you already know what we're going to do. And you can't stop it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like, he's becoming that force for the community. Of, you know, watch players who tore their Achilles and coming back. (laughs) So, good for him. Baltimore needs an alpha receiver. They need to know what alpha receiver looks like. And he can do that for them. So, I'm going to say it's a turnover. Only because... The bigger problem in Seattle is the defense, and yeah, it's terrible. I mean, they just signed. They brought back Michael Kendricks, who's on the practice squad again. But I know you're not going to find an AB on defense. But I mean, I don't think adding Earl Thomas hurts bringing him back. But at the same time, if any locker room could handle it, you know, we've seen it. We've seen. Pete Carroll, he has a culture that protects players and and puts them in positions to succeed. So maybe it can be Antonio Brown, especially because they were already good without him. So he doesn't have the same kind of leverage to just do whatever the fuck he wants. Like he would if he went to a team that was just, you know, on the cusp. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a number of places that could use him. Probably all 30 teams in the league could really use a player like Antonio Brown, assuming he's 80% of what he was the last time we saw him. I think they could all, the, all the teams could use a player like Antonio Brown, but they don't need a person like Antonio Brown. That's a good fact because, you know, for as much as he's raved for his work ethic, we all know he's also crazy. <laughs> Amongst a lot of things. Speaking of a little crazy. LSU bans Odell Beckham Jr. for two years and others behind his money handouts and other, uh, at the national title game. Take or tangent? Touchdown or turnover? Or sorry, touchdown or turnover. It's all good. Kenny? Cool. So, haters gonna hate. And he shouldn't have got caught publicly. Like, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. So, is it a touchdown or a turnover for LSU? I mean, I think it's a turnover because it's like a dude like him led you to the national championship game. It's just unfortunate that Alabama was there. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and actually puts money in the pockets of your athletes and you shun him. Like, that's bogus. Because they'll, they, they'll take your money. They won't give back that donation, but they'll definitely take your money. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a turnover, too, just because, you know, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation if he hadn't gotten caught on the cameras. You know, it would have been all all fun and game. Hey, Odell, don't do that again situation. But because 
it was such on a grand scheme. You know, they had to make an example of him. We don't care if you took us to a national title. We don't care your profile as an NFL player. You shouldn't be doing that. They try to make an example out of him. What did he do exactly? Basically, after they won the title game, he was just handing out racks of cash and making it rain and puffing cigars and kind of... He was also kind of being inappropriate with some of the reporters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he smacked somebody's ass. Yeah, I mean, he smacked somebody's ass. Yeah. He, he's, he's basically just being an asshole, and that's what they could do to him. Yeah. Gotcha. But... I don't know. It still does feel kind of lame to just ban him for a couple of years. Like, oh, so, you know, after three years, it's all good, I guess. just feels weird. Yeah. Two more? This one I really like. So, Rodney White, former Atlanta Falcon wide receiver, says uh, if the Jets were to get the first pick, that Trevor Lawrence should stay back in school for another year. Touchdown or sure. That's over. a touchdown. Uh, uh, I think um, Max Kellerman said it too. I heard him on his show today. And he was like, some Jets fan called in and was like, yeah, what do you think? Should we get Trevor Lawrence even though we have Sam Darnold? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, don't you care about Trevor Lawrence? Like, as a football fan, someone who watches football on Sundays, like, do you really want to see Trevor Lawrence, like, just – Waste away in New York. And, and the reality is, like, Sam Darnold, part of the reason why he's failed has been both injuries, both coaching, Adam Gase, why is he there? And also the regime. Why do you draft these defensive linemen only to trade them away when it comes time to pay them? Why haven't you still gotten an alpha receiver? Like, and why, when you get these guys, you're paying the wrong guys? And also, hey, yeah, stop maybe getting running backs past 28. I mean, Robbie Anderson is having a year in, in Carolina. That's what I'm saying. They're paying the wrong guys, though. But then you give, which, I mean, I met him before. But I don't want to sign him, but you give Quincy Inua, like, $24 million. That's, uh, that's rough. Which he's a good dude from Movell, but yeah, just, probably should have given that money to Rob, Robbie. <laughs> what? Probably shouldn't have given. Probably should have gave that money to Robbie Anderson. I was about to say, well, fam, I thought you said to rob somebody. I was like, that that, that doesn't add up at all. Kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fam, I'm confused. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, this whole week's just a shit show. How did we turn on that quarterback class so fast between Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar is just the only one that's doing anything is Lamar. I feel like we all like everybody just wanted to like hold up their descriptions of what a quarterback should be and then judge other quarterbacks by what they aren't. It's not the same class as Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Josh Allen, there you go. Two. It's trash and it sucks. It's like Damn, that's fucking crazy. The two people that were the biggest red flags, the most that needed the most refinement and development, lo and behold, ended up being the best. That's wild. I, I'm just amazed. Yeah, just utterly shocked and amazed. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Let's go to like, the last one. Like some stuff just has me like. Flabbergasted. I'm like dumbfounded. Like, damn, the Jets are going to get the fuck up another quarterback? 
Like this is child abuse. Like this is this should be a crime. Like they shouldn't be allowed to do this. Like draft a left tackle. Well, even Keyshawn was like, you can't even evaluate Sam Darnold. He hasn't had any people around him. How do you evaluate yeah. him? You can't put it all on him. He's not a bust. It's just not fair. Ultimately, but you know, Adam, Adam Gay shouldn't be allowed to run a Chuck E. Cheese pizza party. But that's one of the story. <laughs> Hypothetical: Sam Donaldson, Dallas Cowboys. Sam Darwin to the Cowboys. That's yeah. fire. That yeah, that's fire. That's yeah. a steal, and that might be what get would get Dak out of here. Because if he if Sam Darnold just has respectable protect, protection, and I know from watching with USC, if he just has respectable amounts of time, he'll try. He can make stuff happen. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati drama: John Ross wants out, but AJ Green doesn't. Free AJ Green. He said he didn't want to be traded though. Let that man go. Yeah, because he probably has probably doesn't want to give up that twenty million dollar franchise tag, to be honest. I mean, there's that. <laughs> it's like damn, bro, bro, just give me the fuck out of Cincinnati. Best yeah, best fit for AJ Green right now. The Raiders. Or the Packers. I was gonna say Packers. Packers or the Raiders, definitely. Chicago? Mm. I don't know. With, with Philadelphia? Philadelphia just has a lot of problems. Don't say Philadelphia. That was that was trash. I mean, they need receivers. They also need offensive line. And a defense. The Giants? Do you want them to get hurt again? One of those NFC East teams has got to make a move. Like one of them has to do something to like maybe the Pats. at least be eight and eight. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Eagles. Like in my mind, it's going to be either the Eagles or the Cowboys. I think they, they, neither. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather him go. It's going to the gonna be one of the four teams. I'd rather him go to the Falcons. Yeah, I don't think that's going to the Washington happen. football they're, team. They're going through their own fire sale. There's talks about Matt Ryan and Julio both being the fuck out of there. Matt Ryan to the Cowboys. That'd be good. I don't think they pay that much money for him. That makes my brain hurt. <laughs> All right, man. So we're we're coming up on time. Let's get to the rants. Um, anybody want to go first? Table. I love go Aaron ahead. Rodgers. <laughs> I'm so confused <laughs> right now. <laughs> Did y'all like spike my water? Like, Didn't you just say on? you didn't like Aaron Rodgers? No, that was him? sarcasm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 Are you guys good? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was you like, wait, it. hold on. Am I That's high right I was now? Like, what? No, did you see his stupid celebration? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pill. And, then, and then got their ass kicked afterwards. Yeah, that's called karma, baby. I, I loved it. And I that's think, my I rant think. of the week. Hmm. Her, her Aaron Rodgers sure, hatred. Sure, sure, and to the point. I think that uh, that made my day more than the Bears winning that day. It was actually seeing <laughs> Best friend is from Green Bay, so I grew up watching them and going for them. But I cannot support Aaron Rodgers. That's Ugh. yeah. I mean, he has the porn stash to go with it. <laughs> he, yeah, he just seems dirty to me. But you know, he yeah. playing football well, so he is unfortunately a great quarterback. Eric, um, 
Man, not much this week. Uh, I just want to shout out to my wife. Next week is our one-year anniversary. Congrats. Thank you. So uh, it's been um, for her to the whole, our whole relationship, coming up to the United States. Damn. You scared the shit out of me, bro. I was not expecting pretty Ricky right now. (laughs) I just had to play that. This man is too handsy with the boards right now. Right. Nah, just want to say thank you for for putting up with um, this whole immigration thing, especially on a, a very tu- a very touchy uh, election year, to where mm-hmm. she has to hear all this stuff and um, to be going through it, and then COVID nineteen and moving with our moving in with my father at the beginning of the shutdown. So uh, just shout out to my wife. Been a difficult year, but I'm looking forward more, many more years with you. And and now you guys have a fur baby. Fur baby. He's getting bigger. He's teethered. Not as sharp, but you know he's uh, he gets his last shed on Monday. So here comes the beach. Yeah. Here comes the dog parks. Here comes getting out of the house more. That's hey, I I go. I've had a weird week. Uh, Tuesday, um, I just reached out to a bunch of like celebrities and people from like foster children background and just you know talk to my siblings and just you know. Give them some motivation and inspiration and just show them that, hey, life goes on after all this trauma. And so uh, one of the people who got back to me was Patrick Willis, great 49ers linebacker, uh, oldest of eight kids, in case you didn't know, from Tennessee. Um, had a bunch of trauma kind of go on in high school, ended up being adopted um, by his coach out there. But, yeah, anyways, um, just a good dude. Really just, just talk to my brother just, just about training, his mindset, you know, do doing right in school, pushing himself to be to be good and, and great, not just for the team, but you know, for himself. And so, you know, thank you to to Pat Willis for that. Really appreciate that. And outside of that, I also went to an online conference. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sports, uh, which was pretty interesting. This you're not familiar with the conference it's really kind of the the convergence of sports entertainment technology so there's a bunch of different companies out there really trying to adapt to all this different covid stuff that's going on you know trying to bring the 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 live experience home and and so that's just really fascinating interesting to me because whenever things do get back to normal like it might not be the way we remember it and that might not necessarily be a bad thing especially if we can really figure out the technology and and how to make the home viewing experience even better than it already is with you know good company and some good eats but yeah that's it for me kenny go ahead cool so some crazy shit happened to me this week some dude comes in my job super dusty on some bummy shit this is like on Tuesday. Comes in asking people, like, oh, you guys do EDD? Like, do you guys have un- like do unemployment? He asking like people my job, how much they make, stuff like that. And you know, you don't just like if you're looking for a job, you don't walk into a place of employment asking about unemployment benefits. That's pretty stupid. So, cusses out store manager. They go outside. Threatens to find him. Says where he's from. Yada, yada, yada. A bunch of BS. The next day, we find out he came back with a gun. Good oh, lord. 
You left that part out of the pre-show? <laughs> you left that part twisted out of the pre-show? Yeah, it's been a long week. I've, I've been through some shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so, thankfully, I, I hope they caught him. Because I know as soon as I found out, I was like, oh, fuck this. I took an Uber home from work. I was like, I'm not dealing with this. You know I, the fat dude with glasses was the first one to go. No, like there's a black dude, and like I know he recognized me and a couple of the people in the store. And I'm like, well, I'm not just gonna walk like from my job from the store is from where the train station is. It's a straight shot, but it's a pitch dark ass street. So I gotta walk down the middle of the street, and I'm like, yo, I'm not getting rolled up on that here. I'm not stupid. I know how this shit goes. Like. Be hiding out in the bushes somewhere Like nah I'm like like, The block is kind of hot right now I'll Just take Uber home That was the end of it But it just really It, it saddened me on two fronts Cause it's like There's just like Just a bummy ass nature Amongst people Like in the middle of a fucking pandemic Like you come in the store hounding, hounding people Who work there Asking them how much they make Probably trying to get some scam going To where like Okay you get hired here but then eventually, once you find out that that place does unemployment, like you fake a slip and fall or some shit, and that's how. And a lot of people do that. Like a lot of people are getting busted for these EDD payments because they're realizing, like, oh, I tried to scam the government, and the government's like, no, we just wanted you to like play it out so we can catch you because you're fucking stupid. But people are dumb, and then it's worse when you compound it when like dude comes back banging on people, and I'm like. One, we in Santa Monica. Two, like, as a black male who doesn't have a criminal record and I don't really do that gangbanging shit and I grew up in the hood and I have friends who were in that life or, you know, all types of things. Like, that's not how you even conduct yourself. Like, if you have to tell me you bang, you probably don't really bang. Like... You probably just yelling some shit out because you think, oh, I'm a civilian. Your I'm afraid of you. probably bang. Like your <laughs> homies bang, your third baby mama on your sister's on your homegirl sister side of the family, she bangs. And like you just claiming a hood, you you perpetrating. And like I knew I I like try to keep negative bullshit energy away from me, and I I just his energy was fucked up. Like the moment he walked in the store. Like, his mask was down off his face, and he asking me questions, like, y'all do EDD? And I'm like, don't ask me no stupid-ass question like that. Like, in my head, I'm, like, I just got, I get really stupid questions from people. But, like, this, in this particular case, I'm just like, bro, as a black male, you coming here doing that, now you just reinforce these negative racist-ass stereotypes that these people already have about me that I have to deal with. Yet again, because you wouldn't be a dusty motherfucker. And don't get me wrong, there's dusty dudes, dusty ass females, no matter what your ethnicity, whatever it is, like every skin color from here to the other side of the world, there's always that one motherfucker who has to ruin it for everybody or gives one group a bad representation of what the whole group actually is. And that shit just didn't sit right with me. And I'm like, you stupid. Like, again, why would I walk into a place of unemployment asking about unemployment benefits, my guy? That's just stupid. Like, I wouldn't walk into the police station and be like, hey, where can I get some crack? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with your dumb ass? Like, but anyway. Oh, and another thing happened. So this is like a total flip side. 
But this old white dude comes in, acting super weird. He tried to get me to join his little fucking weird uh, meditation cult like eight months ago. <laughs> like he's been passing out his his business card to different people at my job. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to meditate with you, old random white dude. Like, just not doing it. I don't know what y'all be on in Santa Monica. Like, y'all be on some weirdo shit. Um, so he's asking me, and we're about to close. It's like 8.45. We closing at 9. I'm trying to get done, get the fuck out of there. He's like, oh, could you tell me all the different juice options? Now, he's <laughs> like, what's in, a, what's in a green juice? That's the equivalent of asking me, so what's on the space-time continuum? Like, what takes up the vacuum of space? Bitch, everything. Like, I'm not giving you all the variations of every possible veggie drink you can get. How about this? You write down what the fuck you want. I'll make your juice. And that's it. Now, obviously, I said that in a very polite and, you know, very welcoming and warm way. Because that's just who I am when I'm at work. Like, I don't... Like, in my head, though, my inner monologue is like, this motherfucker is stupid. Ugh. So, I make him his juice. Mind you, his back's turned to me. Make him, make him the juice. Boom. Gone. I'm cleaning the machine off. I'm trying to get out of there. And then the store manager, the, the MOD at the time, comes back and tells me, yo, what did you say to that dude? Because he, like, walked up to me all super nice. And then he goes, hey, you know that big guy in the deli? He's like, yeah. Like, wh- wh- which one? He's like, the big dude in the deli with the hat. He's like, oh, you mean, okay, I know you're talking about. Because I'm, like, the only black dude in the deli that night. And I'm the biggest dude in the deli. So he's like, oh, okay, that guy's like, yeah, what happened? He's like, yeah, that guy's a dick. He's a total <laughs> prick. Like, he, w- he wouldn't take my juice order. He was demeaning. He was like, he was like looking down on me. He was, uh, he wasn't even, um, trying to take my order really. He wouldn't even look me in the face. Now, mind you, that's total bullshit because I looked him dead in the eye and I was like, you know, write down everything that you want. I'll make your juice. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you every green thing, every vegetable and fruit we have in the store. Like, bro, that's that's too... Like, you're not going to go to McDonald's and be like, is that me grass-fed? Like, what kind of lettuce? Like, what kind of mustard can I get with that? You don't ask all those dumbass questions. No, you just you get what you get and you dip. So he, the as the store manager is telling me, he's like, yeah, he called you a dick, he called you a prick, and then he called you a racist. And I was like, huh? I was like, wait, wait, for what? He said, yeah. He said, oh, tell him I said he's a racist. I don't care that he's a big dude and I'm white. I'm not scared of him. And then I'm like, but why does he keep bringing up that I'm big and he's white? Like, what does those two things have to do with each other? <laughs> like, that, how does that make me racist? He's like, I don't care. I tell him to his face. And I'm like, then we both just start dying laughing because he's trying to get through it. And I'm like, wait. So this whole time, the 10 minutes I was making his juice and all this, everything else, when the two of us were alone, when my back was turned, when he could have said something to me or called me said racist to my face, or even after I finished his drink, he didn't say none of that. He had all that smoke when he came to you. And I'm just like, interesting. And I just laughed. I was like, well, that's probably the first time I've actually been called like just a stone cold racist by a white person. And the shit made me laugh. Like I laughed the whole rest of the shift. Because I was just like, these people are insane. And this is all, like, the dude with the gun, like, this all happened within, like, an hour of each other. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, people are stupid. Uh, I just want to get out of here and go home. Uh, payday's coming up. I, I'm, I'm out of here. So, 
Yeah, he pretty much just had all that smoke to tell my manager that, oh, yeah, uh, I don't care that he's a big black dude and I'm white. I'll tell him he's racist to his face. I'm like, well, you had the opportunity to do that. You did. And if you still want to do it, try it out. Let's see how that works. But anyway, um, yeah, man, protect your energy at all costs because people are fucking weird out here. And it's a lot. Like, it's just a lot. Like, Tory Lanez came out explaining himself with the whole Megan Thee Stallion situation. I don't watch that dumb shit. Like, the world's setting on fire. And we're doing the crossover episode with Mancini and his podcast next week. So, I'm excited about that. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot. And, man, that Eagles-Giants game was terrible. Like, I wasn't watching it, and I could, I just knew it was terrible. It was like 22-21, that was the final score. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, last words for me. Just protect your energy. Because there's a lot of stupid-ass people out here. All right. All right, great stuff, man. Uh, we got to create a Delhi Chronicles drop or something for you. Workplace Chronicles. <laughs> workplace <laughs> Incidents. <laughs> and other fucking... Ugh. But yeah, man, shout-out to, shout to our guests tonight, Kevin and Corey. Great. That was a great... Lineup tonight. Shout out to you, Kenny, for putting that together. Shout out to Eric and Izzy. Thanks again for your work and your time. We love you both. Shout out to the Hood Chinese. Shout out to you literally taking the paper from a shoebox and me <laughs> teaching you how to turn it into a paper fucking, bandana. I look yeah. like a Cleveland Browns fan in a 0 15 <laughs> season. You look like you're about to rob a fucking milkman. Wow. But yeah, man, shout out to FPC Radio, shout out to X-Squad Affiliates, shout out to your favorite podcast app where you can find this podcast. Uh, Thank you for fucking with us, and be safe, man. Peace. Peace. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.